Welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. This is number 37, Problem Then Solution Conundrum. My name is Jeff. I will be your host for today. And this is the podcast where we talk about your swimming and swimming lessons related topics. Let's get started. Right today we are talking about the problem and then the solution introduction to teaching and learning how to swim. This comes out of an article that I read called Affording Play, Locked Doors, Headaches, and Intellectual Need. And it's an article that I found by M. Kremens on github.io. And I'm going to link to this article in the show notes. Uh, but what you can see from this article is that they are talking about, the author is talking about mathematics and how math plays a part uh, in, in programming when you're teaching mathematics and when you are teaching programming. And what the author is talking about is this concept that when you are playing a game, you need to be presented with the problem. So what is the problem? And the classical example is the locked door. So you approach a door that is locked, and then that's your problem. And then how do you solve that problem? You find the key. So in the game that you're playing, you're presented with the problem. I have a door that's locked I can't get through. Now I'm going to have to search for a key in order to get through that locked door. And it's a very typical way to generally introduce a new user into a game world. So you present a problem, and then you offer the solution. And then in the next stage, where it's a little more difficult, the user already understands what the problem is and what the solution is. So when they get to the next locked door, they'll be expecting to have a key someplace around them. Uh, and then what they use is they talk about teaching mathematics and how you introduce why the article talks about why um, you introduce new math. And it's because all the old math will solve the problem, but it's really tedious and difficult. Instead, you can use the new math, and it's going to solve all the tedium from the previous old math. And then, again, it's the problem. So you have to let your students work through solving the problem that they can solve using the math that is antiquated and outdated, and then you give them an alternative with the new math, and then they understand why they do things a certain way. When we were at swim practice, I took this article and introduced a, a goal. So I played a video of an Olympian swimming freestyle. And I said, "This you can do this. You are able to do this type of swimming. It's just a matter of getting you into that way. We can get you there. And one of the ways that we get you into swimming like an Olympian Number one, you come to practice. Number two, you do the drills that we're going to do because they help you. They're stepping stones to getting you to swimming like an Olympian. So we played a video. Uh, we just went to YouTube, typed in uh, Olympian freestyle, and I think it was Matt Grievers and uh, Ryan Lochte that were the two people that we watched. Uh, Nathan Adrian, too. And we just watched their 50 and their 100, or their 100 freestyle. 
and they loved it. They watched it. They they saw all the things that we were talking about. We um, I didn't make any commentary. I just said watch this video, and here's our goal. This is what we want to get to at some point, and uh, we can get you there. But you have to go through all these steps. So immediately after playing that, we did a series of four drills. We did head lead balance with rotation, where you stand in soldier position and you rotate your hips um, back and forth while you are on your back or on your stomach moving through the water. So you're laying down on the surface in soldier, and you rotate your hips 90 degrees to the surface both ways. And your shoulders follow suit, your head remains stable, and you do flutter kick. So we did that drill. Uh, then we did um, one-arm only swimming, and then we did... Uh, six kick switch which would be uh, in Superman position which is one arm above your head the other hand in your pocket with your body straight you kick on your side for six kicks and then you do six strokes of freestyle and then you kick on your side for six kicks and then you do six strokes of freestyle so you're or you do three strokes of freestyle uh, so you do three strokes six kicks three strokes six kicks on your side and it's a modified rotation drill, but it's also a really strong kicking drill. And we did that uh, so we could say, okay, these drills we do at practice have a very specific purpose for getting you to swimming like an Olympian. And if you do the dr drills well and you practice over time, you'll be a really good swimmer with the potential of being an Olympian. And so we, sh we introduced the problem, swim like an Olympian. And then we gave the tools and the solutions how you can go about doing that. And uh, it, I thought it was very effective. We went back to the swimmers again with another video, and we showed them the Olympian swim. And we said, all right, now we're going to do a 25 race, and I want you to attempt to swim like you see this person swimming here. And so we did a series of waves of heats where we have four lanes, so they would swim across the pool pretending to be an Olympian or swimming what they thought the Olympian swam like. And then we recorded some of them. So some of the, a few of the swimmers we videotaped, and then we played it back. We got the group together again, and we played them the videotape of the Olympian, and then we played them the videotape of themselves. So the few select swimmers we did take a video of. And we said, you know, what's the same, what's different? Now how can we get to that Olympic type of swimming? So again, we introduced the problem, swim like an Olympian. You know, how do you do that? And then we gave them the tools they needed to, in order to get closer to that swim. Because you can't just look at Olympia and be like, oh, I'm going to do it. Like, no, you have to, you know, there's, there's incremental steps that we want to give our swimmers so they can successfully swim well. And this article that talks about uh, using the problem-solution uh, formatting is really useful for educating in mathematics. So... Uh, the last line here is the ultimate takeaway. If you want to, I'm reading from the article here. If you want to craft memorable, relevant seeming lessons, introduce your locked doors or your problems before your keys, your headaches before your aspirin, and your specific motivating problems before your wordy metaphorical gener generalizations. So when we're teaching swimming, our goal should be to introduce the problem. You know, here's, what, here's what we're trying to fix. This is the issue. And here is how we're going to solve it. And we're going to solve it in this way. 
So usually, you know, at swim practice and swim lessons, we'll say, all right, we're just going to do three front glides or we're gonna, everyone's going to do backstroke. Instead, what this article suggests, and it's a, it's a lesson taking from programming, from mathematic instruction, is we tend to jump out of the water when we're doing our front glides. So today, we're going to just gently push off on the surface because we don't want to sink underwater after our jump, right? So a common issue in swimming lessons is if you say to a child, uh, go from bench one to bench two doing a streamline, they might think, oh, I'm going to jump really far and get over there so I don't have to put my face in the water too long. And they're going to jump up in the air. And if they jump up in the air, they're going to come falling down right away. And in the water, that means you're going to sink deep underwater and you're not going to go anywhere, right? Because we want horizontal motion. And by jumping up, it's actually going to cause an equal down. So we want to make sure that when we push off at the beginning of our front glides, especially when we're just learning and we can't swim on our own, we want to push off gently on the surface so we're maximizing our horizontal motion. We want to maximize that forward motion. And to do that, we can't be jumping up because we're going to fall down right away. So our problem would be this sinking, this falling underwater because of their jumping. And our solution is we're going to introduce a series of steps on how to do that. So put your arms out in front of you, put your shoulders in the water, put your face in the water, push off to me. That script that we use for front glides, and you can get that in our uh, swim instructor training workbook, or you can get that uh, if you get the uh, swim lesson program from the complete lesson package. You'll see the actual scripts for front glide and back glide. Those scripts are designed to take care of this issue in your swim lessons. So if your swim instructors say, put your shoulders in the water, put your arms out in front of you, and put your face in the water and push off to me, it's actually curing that problem of jumping up in the air and falling down underwater because it's a very real problem in swim lessons. So if we introduce to our group, hey, you know, let's jump up in the air and fall down, what happens? Oh, you fall. Are you going anywhere? No. Well, how can we save? So there's your problem. We've demonstrated the problem. Well, how can we swim? Or we are going to swim now in a way that corrects that problem. So when you put your arms out in front of you and your shoulders in the water and you gently push off on the surface, there you go. You're solving the problem of falling underwater when you jump up in the air. Now, likewise, we can do the same thing in our swim team or for our more advanced swim lessons, maybe level three or level four. And I say levels because it's just a general way to talk about uh, swim lessons without explicitly saying the different skills that we do in the different groups. So level three being learning how to breathe freestyle, level four learning how to swim longer distances, really, um, along with breaststroke and butterfly. So in our swim lessons, in our higher level swim lessons, in our, our practices, our developmental practices for our swim team, how can we use this, introduce the problem, and then offer the solutions? Uh, so one thing we could do, we could do races. We could say, all right, we're going to do a 25 freestyle race. And we're going to look at, uh, you know, here are some things that you need to do to go faster. So we'll do a short kick set. So streamline with freestyle kicking and kick as fast as you can. And that's going to help you because when you go to your race, which we're going to do after this, 
if you're kicking, you're going to go faster and you might win your heat. Or uh, swim with position 11 arms. So make sure your arms are returning to position 11. If we say return to position 11 with each arm stroke, and then we do it in our race, then we're more likely going to go faster. So we can introduce these, this problem of slow swimming, fast swimming, and we can offer solutions on how to fix that. So uh, swim with possession of arms or kick your feet. Uh, another problem that we introduce in our swim in our swim team and some of our swim lessons is we work on position 11 a lot, which is putting your hands above your head uh, so your arms are like two ones, and then we kick from one side or the other in that position. And if the swimmer needs to breathe, uh, they lift their head up directly, like straight, like a breaststroke breath, and then puts it back down. And so the goal here, we have three things that we work on. Keep your arms straight when you do this, so no doggy paddle even when you breathe. It's incredibly difficult. Uh, stay on the surface and look down. So look down, stay on the surface, and keep your arms straight. And if you do these things, then you'll stay on the surface and you'll do this position 11 well. And those are the three things to focus on. So when you lift your head up to breathe, you tend to sink underwater, which is why stay on the surface is one of the three things. So part of what this drill does is it teaches you how to regain your balance. So we can introduce a problem for this drill by saying, all right, do a front glide and then lift your head up as if you're breathing and leave it there. And then give them an opportunity to do that. So do a front glide and then lift your head up and just tell me what happens. So they do their front glide, they balance on the surface, they lift their head up, and then immediately their feet start sinking. So then you ask the group, okay, well, what happens when you lift your head up? And they'll raise their hand and they'll say, you sink, you sink. And you're like, yes, you will. That's exactly right. You will sink. Okay, so that's the problem. Well, how are we going to solve that problem? Well, you can do these three things that make position 11 easier. You can kick faster when you breathe. You can breathe quickly, so it's a short, quick breath. And you can maintain keeping your body straight. So doing these three things will help the original three goals. Look down, stay on the surface, and keep your arms straight. You do these things, and you'll be able to uh, do your front glide, uh, your, your position 11 better. So we introduce the problem, you sink when you breathe, and then we offer the solution. Kick faster when you breathe, breathe quickly, and then keep your body straight. So if you do those three things, you won't sink underwater. You'll stay at the surface when you take your breath, which directly addresses the problem with position 11, which the whole point of position 11 is, is to teach balance at the surface and the correct arm position, and a strong kick keeps you at the surface, right? So we have this drill that in itself has layers of problems and solutions involved in it, and then we offer alternatives. This is what I think about when I'm coaching, when I'm teaching my swim lessons. How can I present the problem and then offer solutions so the participants are motivated to follow those steps into solving the problem? Here's what I think that you can take away from this in addition to everything that we've already covered. Number one, a shameless plug for our, our website, swimminglessonsideas.com. We have lesson plans for you to use with uh, color-coded step-by-step -step progressions for going underwater, learning how to streamline, front glide, back glide, freestyle arms, backstroke, uh, breaststroke, arms, kick, butterfly, everything. It's all there.
It's all on the Complete Lesson program. You can get it on our website. The Swimming Lessons Ideas Swim Instructor Training Workbook. Uh, we take you step-by-step step how to introduce someone into swimming, hitting all the 15 key essential swimming strokes, uh, from going underwater to open turns and flip turns. We do everything in between. You can get all that through our website. It's all available for you there. That's the first thing that, that, that's worth noting here. The second thing, when you're teaching, and you're teaching your either it's your swim team or it's your swim lessons, a great effective way to teach is to introduce the problem in some fashion, it's not, here's the problem, solve for X. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. It's, what is the, the challenge? What is the end goal that your participants cannot yet do? So maybe that's, we're going to watch a video of a beginner swimming freestyle or front crawl, and they're struggling how to breathe. So, or they turn their head to the side and breathe very smoothly. And then we attempt it, but it's not very smooth or easy. So then we, so we, we give our participants an opportunity to attempt something and fail at it. So let's do one time, swim from bench one to bench two, and do a streamline with three strokes and one breath and make it look like the video. And then maybe we'll take a video of it and show it back to them and say, oh, well, you didn't do it. Well, thankfully I'm here to teach you how, and here's how you can do it well. Uh, and then so we can give them an opportunity to practice some key skills so stand up turn your head to the side 10 times and if you do that in soldier position just turning your head you get better at turning your head to the side right it's a simple skill but you get in the habit of doing it and then when you are on your in the water face down and you're practicing your breathing you remember oh i stood up and i turned my head to the side 30 times if i do that again now i might do a good swim or take a good breath so you do that and it looks better than it did before because you have practiced this, right? You've, you've taken the steps to that solution. Uh, you've, you've, you've gotten the keys now. You've practiced the keys to solve the problem, to open that door. Right? So it, it requires a little bit different thinking instead of just, you know, we know what the steps to get there are. But in our discussions, in our, in our explanation of what we're doing in our classes, you can say, Here's where we, we want to go, and here's how you can get there. And then put them together, and you'll see motivation rise from your swimmers. You'll see self-directed inspiration come. And if you've signed up for our, our um, mailing list uh, to get the free download from the website, swimminglessonsideas.com, uh, it's right there on the front. Uh, it's on the resources page right at the top. Uh, it's on the games page right at the top. It's on the lessons page right at the top. Sign up for that email list. And there's a three-step series, a three-step seri three series of how to become a, how to be an effective swim teacher. And one of those steps is you need to inspire or you need to motivate your participants to want to do well on their own. And if we introduce a problem and then offer the solutions to that problem so they can get there and solve that problem on their own, then we're one step closer to motivating them. And there's, this is a technique that enables interest and in, in desire to do well. I want to know what you think. Have you read this article? It's called uh, Doors, Headaches, Intellectual Need in Affording Play. And the link to it is on the show notes here. So if you want to check that out, uh, definitely do. It's worth the read. Have you used this in your lessons? Have you used this in your swim team? You know, as an educator of swimming, 
is this something that you find useful? I mean, I certainly love finding out new ways to figure out how to uh, teach swimming better. And this is one of those things that I use to do that. So uh, this is Affording Plates, an irregularly updated blog by Max Kremensky. Um, it's about humans, computers, and the perpetually fascinating ways in which they interact. And we can take this information, locked doors, headaches, and intellectual need, and apply it to swimming in our swim lessons. Let me know what you think. Put a comment below in the show notes. Make a comment. Leave an honest review on iTunes if that's how you found this podcast. Uh, the more reviews, other than the one lousy one that I've got, uh, will certainly help this pro the podcast expand into a larger reach, and that would definitely be helpful. And then, as always, connect with me on Twitter, at Swimming Ideas, or connect with me on email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. Let me know what you think. Is this something that you've used in your swim lessons? Or have you adapted introducing a problem and then offering the solution to that problem already into your program? And how do you do that? I'd love to hear from you and what your, your thoughts are on this. Uh, and take care, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.